Welcome to the LLMC Sermon Series, where powerful messages from our missional discipling church will inspire and guide your spiritual journey. Join us as we explore the Word of God together, delving into topics that matter to your life. Whether you're seeking answers or seeking to deepen your faith, this podcast is your spiritual sanctuary. Experience the joy of community and connection as we learn, grow, and transform through the teachings of LLMC. Subscribe now, and let's embark on this transformative journey together. I will let you know that we're, we're closing out our series on the Hall of Faith, and talking about Abraham and covenants, and we're going to be talking, we're going to be uh, receiving some new members this morning, and that will be happening right after the sermon. And in this process of covenants and membership and, and these, these concepts, I want to just say, before we dig into all this, um, I am very privileged to be a member of the body of Christ. Amen? Like I, and I want to I highlight this as we get in, because Abraham is the father of it all. Like God makes this covenant with Abraham, and he walks with Abraham and his family, and we are the outpouring of this covenant. I am reminded a lot in my life, because being adopted, I look at family trees a little bit differently. Um, stands to reason, right? Like when you're adopted, you don't have that bloodline as some others might have. And when you look at family trees, it's really easy for us to just look at the here and now, but not have a reality check that there were people that lived before us that got us to where we are today. And when we look at Abraham, I am fascinated time and time again by different folks in the Bible, and especially those who have been in the Hall of Faith, that their lives are just like mine. I have a choice to get closer to God or to go farther away from him. And as I said to the children, and I just want this to be the preference, preface of today, all I know is this. The more I try to be and wrestle after and chase after being like Jesus on this planet, really neat stuff happens. Now, I didn't say easy stuff happens. I said really neat stuff happens. And yesterday, I had a chance to stand in my community, that community day, folks up at Bike and Soul, and we just stand outside and we greet people that come along. And I got to meet up with someone that was... I used to work with an old coworker, and we were talking here. Her son comes up to the bike shop and we had this beautiful conversation about what it means to live in our community, in our town and how we take care of each other. And it made me realize more and more that that stuff gets passed down. I think about my parents and how they've loved on me, my grandparents and what I learned from them about being caring people and think about yourself and what are you passing on and what are those things that you've been holding on to that you can cast to others down through the ages. So with me, just turn in your Bibles to chapter 12 in Genesis. You might need to click on the screen thing there. I am not going to do that solo. All right, there we go. Awesome. So, 
Our text this morning, we're going to be looking at Genesis 12, 1, 15, 17, 18, chapter 17, 22. We're going to hop around a little bit in Genesis here. And the reason why is we're looking at Abraham, and I want you to see that God made a blood covenant with Abraham that God honored by fulfilling his promises of descendants and blessings. The sign of this covenant for Abraham was circumcision. All right, now, I want to just pause there and just say that so often, at least I find in the United States, We do not think about what we are leaving, per se, to the generations beyond us. Maybe to your grandkids you might think about. Some of you might have great-grandchildren. Maybe, does anyone have great-great-grandchildren? Like two greats down? Warren, you do? Okay, Warren's got some, all right. So, So, like, you think about that, right? Like, there's a lineage that happens. And I think so often we don't think about what we're passing down And when the Bible even talks about us as family, do we think about our church family in that way as well? So I just, I I give that to you because I think it's important for us to understand that from Abraham, he's getting these covenants. He has no children at the time and God is promising him things. And on top of that, I want to note that Abraham's walk with God is so close that God is making a covenant with him. And this is also where we see circumcision comes from. I won't get into all the details of that. You can look it up yourself. And yeah, you can understand why. Um, So application point. We serve a God who promises blessing and binds himself to us in a covenant. Now, this is important to understand. Covenants are not just a promise. It's a very deep thing. When you make a covenant with someone, it's binding. It's a contract. I'm going to do this, you're going to do this, and together these things are going to happen. I think so often we forget that when we accept Christ into our heart, when we say that we're going to receive the Holy Spirit into our soul, that is a covenant. We lay our life before the Lord and say, it is yours. And he turns around and says, I will give you blessings and you will live a full life and eternity. So often, I think it's easy for us to miss that part of the covenant and that activity. So if you turn me to Genesis 12, 1, it says here, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Now, when we first see this, okay, we understand, I said earlier, that Abraham is the forefather of the Jews, of all of us, right? Christianity all the way down, the following of God. He leaves where he is at to go where God is telling him to go. I don't know about the rest of you. I would not enjoy that. I've got a comfortable house. I like where I'm living. My family's cool. Not great. Could I have another house or maybe a different neighborhood? Sure, but I'm picky. I like certain kinds of neighbors. Anybody get like that at all? Like you want certain people around you and then God brings you people that you might not want around you. You got the love on them anyway, you know. All right, you're getting it good. See, because I'd say this to you because see, when you look at Abraham, Abraham here, like, and it, you know, at that time it was called Abram, but like when, when you see this, he is coming, he's leaving, and there is a promise of God that he's going to be okay. I also think, like when we see Paul, he writes in Romans 4.16, he says that he's the father of all of us. And he, Sarah does not have a child yet. Like he's going out. He's believing God's going to do all these things. Now, I want to pause here for a moment and just say this. 
There's been plenty of times in my life and probably in yours that you've heard people say, God called me to do this thing. And you look at them, you think they're crazy. But then when you watch God move, you're going, oh, that person's not crazy. They have a lot of faith. I think that's what we have to note too for ourselves is that if we sense God calling us, if we know God is speaking us to do something, act upon it because it could have generational impact. I want to pause there and say that again. It could have generational impact. It scares me. It, it is a fear in me that my actions sometimes could create negative generational impact versus positive generational impact. You follow me on that one? Parents, grandparents, children, I need you to hear that. The love that we give to others in our families, around us, it can have generational impact. I'm standing before you as generational impact. Not just my parents, but the people that I grew up with in church and how they treated me. I have people to this day that I grew up with at church. Just yesterday, I met up with 10 different people from my childhood just stopping by community day that I grew up with at church. It was an amazing experience to just see where people are at. The one guy didn't even recognize me. Shocking, I know, lack of hair, a little bigger than I used to be. But I say this because I think sometimes we take for granted the covenant that God's given us and we expect him to come up with his end, but I think sometimes we don't stick to ours. And Abraham does this. Jane, could you just hit to the next slide for me? I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So let's talk about covenant for a moment. That's Patrick Swayze, used cars, used car salesman. How many of you love when a used car salesman looks like that, right? Right? And Andy, I didn't say used RV salesman. They're, they're a class way above that, okay? Oh, Kurt Russell. Sorry, I said Patrick Swayze. Thank you. I apologize. That is Kurt Russell. My bad. Thank goodness I don't do that with the Bible, right? Anyway, so... So often, though, when we think about a covenant, we think about a good deal, a lot of times we can get skeptical. And I want you to have this picture because as we talk about commitment and covenant, I don't want you to be thinking about the used car salesman. But the fact is, is that when we make a promise to someone and we step up into those covenants, there's things that could go on and happen. Now, let's talk about another covenant, one that a lot of us have stepped into, and that's a marriage covenant. Right, when we look at a marriage covenant, and one of the symbols is a unity candle, where the husband and the wife, and as they come together, their parents have brought them to that spot. They birthed them, here they are, and all the stuff that comes behind it, good and bad. And we watch as the two candles get united into one, and there's this beautiful thing. But the fact is, is that in marriage, if both sides aren't working at it together, it doesn't work. The same thing happens with us and God. Jesus is the groom. The church is the bride. It's this beautiful picture that when you're doing well in marriage, marriage is great. But when it's not going well, it's horrible. And when you're in that space and the two aren't working at it together, it can be very difficult. For those that have been through divorce, you know what I'm talking about. It can be horrid. 
And the reality is, is that the beautifulness of the covenant of marriage is just like our covenant with God. It can be something beautiful or horrific, but it's us, up to us to work at it. So often in my own life, and I've heard others do this too, we expect so much out of God, but we don't expect a lot out of ourselves. We want God to do all the work and us just sit back and get through life. But the fact is, is that as we see with Abram, he sets this out and he sets this stage. If we look at Genesis 15, 17 to 18, it says, When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot and a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said, To your descendants I give this land from the wadi of Egypt to the great river of the Euphrates. Now, it's a covenant that God made. For sake of time this morning, I'm not going to get really in-depth around the burning pots and so forth, but I want you to understand that that is God's embodiment in front of Abram, Abraham to show his covenant. God created this space for him to be seen. Have you ever experienced a rainbow one day and it was the day that you needed that rainbow in the sky? Or maybe the bird showed up and fluttered its wings and sang a song on a day that you were feeling down. Have you ever cried out to God for a sign and he gave it? Anybody? Raise your hand if you've ever gotten a sign from God. Put them up nice and high, please. Very high. Okay, there's witness to that, folks. It's not just here in the Bible. It happens to us. When God takes a moment out of his busy schedule to show up and let you know he loves you. That's him holding up his end of the covenant. And so often we miss that. The other thing that I want you to see here is that in this covenant, Abraham is told the stars in the sky that that will be his lineage. I can't imagine what it's going to be like for Abraham to have this realization that he followed the covenant with God. As you know, the story of Isaac, he took his only son up to be sacrificed and, he still, and God blessed him during that time. And his son wasn't sacrificed and killed. And the fact that Abraham, Abraham, when he gets to heaven, he's going to be able to see this lineage. He's going to be able to see us. Like, like think about it for a moment, please. And I need you to just kind of soak this in. If Abraham didn't follow after God, I wonder what the world would look like today. And do you ever think that maybe you have that kind of impact? I'm going to pick on someone this morning, and he doesn't know I'm going to pick on him, but he's here this morning, and I'm going to say it. Bryce Frankenfield, I'm picking on you, and here's why. Bryce, how many customers do you hit in a week at your, at your shop down there in the market? Yeah, at least 100 at least a week? Okay, a couple hundred a day. Sorry, my bad. Okay, so Bryce... If you were a jerk to those couple hundred people, do you think you'd make their day and they'd be like, oh, I can't wait to come back and see him again? No. And let me ask you this question, because I know you've mentioned this before. There's some people you actually get to know, right? Yeah. And if you were a jerk, you probably want to get to know them, right? And some of those folks are a little higher up in the community, right? They're not just like, and then there's some other folks that are just average Joes, right? Like you are engaging all these people. And you also have a covenant with them that when they give you money, they're expecting some really good stuff coming on the other end, right? So not only do you have to be a loving, caring person, you also have to bring quality. Otherwise, they're not going to keep up their end and keep showing up, right? 
Okay, thanks for doing it. I appreciate that. And see, I'm sharing this with you because Bryce has no idea the impact that he's having on those customers and his staff. And maybe the spaces that you're in, you don't understand, but God has made a covenant with us all that says that if you are trying to love your neighbor as yourself and you are loving the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, stuff is going to happen. And that stuff is going to be disciples. And the world gets better as we keep loving people and loving God. And I think it's important for us to realize time and time again that all this happens. And this blood covenant, I mean, we see in Exodus when, when they're coming out of Israel and we see the cloud and the pillar and the fire at night. And there's all these ways that God continues to show us that he is present and moving. Look at Genesis 17, 1 to 5 with me. Because we see this again with God showing up to him. When Abram was 99 years old, Warren, you're not there yet at 99. I know that. You're not there yet. Warren and Sam are the two oldest guys I know in my life. And I've been impressed by them and their walks. And it keeps showing me time and time again how God keeps moving. And when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between you. Me and you will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your neighbor will be called Abraham. And I have made you a father of many nations. Now, jump with me to Genesis 22. And we're looking at verse 16 to 18. And I want you to catch what is said here. And said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make you descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Notice in the beginning, when he's Abram, God says, hey, you're going to be the father of nations. He has no kid. And then here... He has the child, he's listened to God, he's given the child over to God, and voila, beautiful things happen. And it's because of Abraham's faithfulness that we get to be his offspring in the body of Christ. Now, let me hop, I don't want to hop that right yet. I want to say one thing to you. Um, let me, let me read this quote from you. Abram Rodman Williams wrote this, and I, and I love what he said. He said, God's promise to Abraham becomes the promise to redeem the whole world through his human descendant, Jesus. God tells Abraham, in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Again, the promise is that through Abraham and his seed, all peoples of the earth will be blessed. Like We're, we're receiving that blessing And we're also the blessing. While the promise focuses first on God's own special commitment to Abraham and his seed, a fact that might seem too narrow God's sphere of concern, it is the intention of providing a blessing to all mankind. Initially, it's through Abraham himself that all the people will be blessed. Now, I'm not saying you're going to go out and be Abraham and the whole world's going to be blessed by you, but you have a sphere of influence around you that you can be a blessing to those around you. And we as the church, as the body, we do this. That's the point of church. 
The point of church is not to be a social club and just do nice things. No, the point of the church is to embody Christ in us, around us, and with us. As God moves with us, we do amazing things. So this morning, we're going to talk, and I'm going to have the folks that are going to receive membership today. And I want you to think about this quote for a moment. God's promises are not, for, are not fortune cookies. We do not use them in order to get a spiritual fix for the day. Church, it is easy for us to go along each day and just get my little God fix. But this covenant that God has created with us is something that goes down through the ages. And I want you to remember that as we go throughout the week. Thank you for joining us on the LLMC Sermon Series. Until next time, may your faith continue to flourish and your spirit stay uplifted. Remember, you're never alone on this journey. Stay connected with LLMC and keep the spirit of community alive in your heart. Wishing you blessings and inspiration until we meet again. Take care and keep seeking the truth.